It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? Now there's a new team, and everybody's pretty much new, and I got their back. I want this thing to work. Everybody's got to get on the same page. JT the Brick. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be last-second losses. There's going to be a draft pick that doesn't make the team. Whatever it is, it's Raider Nation. JT, thanks for having me on. Always great to catch up with you, and keep her going, okay? I'll talk to you soon, man. And now... Here's J.T. the Brick. Out of the gate, J.T. with you. Back in town and back for the start of NFL free agency or what we believe is going to be the start of NFL free agency. The illegal, now legal tampering portion of the NFL schedule is right here in front of us. And we're proud to be on the flagship of the Las Vegas Raiders. And this could be a pretty big day. And uh, as they're going big right now on ESPN, they're going huge right now on NFL Network. It begins, and we will track free agency here, and we'll see what the Raiders do. To make a big splash early, or will they wait and be patient? Do they have certain players targeted that we're not familiar with? We're familiar with them, but we don't have them as their priority pick. Whatever that Dave Ziegler wants to do with Josh McDaniels, it starts now. The draft is coming up. The Raiders have cap space. They have ammunition. They have a lot of perks happening here in Vegas. They have a new organization. They have a new coaching staff. Let's see what they got. Because it happens now, and we're excited to be here for the start of free agency as we're back in town. Good to be here, courtesy of PT's. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m. PT's trying to get the Golden Knights going. I was away for 10 days. What happened to the Golden Knights? We've got to talk about them a little bit later on the show. March Madness, a great place to be at PT's or go to all their big sports books at Arizona Charlie's, our friends over at the Strat, as we open up the monologue and get ready to go again. Good to get away. I saw my mom and dad. I saw my sister. Saw the best man in my wedding. Had a great time all the way from Naples to Jupiter to Fort Lauderdale to Miami the last couple of days. Traveled back yesterday, and we are here and excited to be a part of the Raiders as we're no longer in the offseason. I've always said that for years because of the quarterback carousel and what happens with the carousel and quarterbacks moving. Mitch Trubisky today, the big move. He'll be going to the Steelers, signing a two-year deal with them which I think is a good move for them. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, and Tom Brady back out of retirement. Did I miss a little? Yeah, no one cared. I'll give you my opinions today. We're all back to square one again. But I want to know today, because we're like you. My, I have my phone double-charged today, keeping an eye on Ian Rappaport and Schefter and everything that they are looking at. Today, we want to do something simple. I just want to know the one player the Raiders need to get in free agency. Not two or three. Not two or three. I need the one player that the Raiders get better get quickly because that player could be off the board quickly if they don't strike. That's what this is about. And look, there's a price point for all of these players. Okay, I don't know the philosophy of Dave Ziegler yet and what he wants to do with price points. I don't know if he wants to overspend on a player that he loves. I don't know if he wants to wait and see what the market does, like the stock market, and say, okay, the market has dropped on this player. No one's biting. Let's go get him now. That's what they get paid to do, and they all pretty much do a good job. With all the other GMs in Raider history, this is the day now in the modern era of the NFL that you have to be ready to pounce quickly, very much like the draft. As a matter of fact, the draft's much easier. You're sitting at 21 or 22 or 19. You can wait. And then if you have a plan to move up quickly, then you got to jump. But if not, if you're going to wait – You just wait for the best player available. Not the case in free agency. 
You know who the best players are available from a cornerback or a wide receiver. And then you have to figure out if you're going to jump. If they go after J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore because of the connection to the Patriots, that would make sense to me. They know the guys. They're guys from the past. They've had tremendous success with them. If they want to go there, and that's a feeling that they can get a player who's going to have that type of impact, and they got to pay a little bit more, it's not our money. Let them spend the money. Let them go out there, get clearance with the cap, find a way to do it, and they all find a way to make it pay. Remember that. They all find a way to make it work financially. They restructure existing contracts. They do things... They trade. They, they go and move up in the draft. They move back. But when it comes to free agency, at times, this is the market where you overspend because these players are proven. And I personally believe, with my opinions, that the Raiders need to bring in more proven players. I do not know if that is the philosophy of the organization now. I don't know. They might want to bring in unproven guys with upside. They might want to build through the draft with their type of players, which is fine with me. But when it comes to free agency, normally there are no deals. There are no deals. Free agency, you want to get a guy quickly, you're going to overpay for him. You're going to bring him in, and you're just going to get him in. And then you'll see if that player is available to play at a higher level than what you paid them, or maybe they underachieve, but you still get a pretty good player. So free agency is here. I believe that the Raiders need to target a star corner, a star corner, and a star wide receiver. Wide receivers tend to go quickly. They move on quickly. And the rumor of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a good player from Green Bay, Allen Robinson from Chicago, some of the other good players that are out there, then there could be a drop-off. I believe that Josh McDaniels has probably the best eyes in the NFL on a wide receiver. That's, what he, that's why he got hired. The guy is a wizard with an offense and putting an offense together. He's got Hunter Renfro. He's got Carr. He's got Waller. Now you go cherry-picking and find the best player that can fit the need there and fit his concept of what they want to do. A pretty good place for Josh McDaniels knowing that Waller and Renfro are two of the best in the league at what they do, and you don't have to target that position. Because that would be a great position for McDaniels typically to target if he took a new job. He doesn't have to worry about that with the Raiders. Those players are there. I think all of us who have been tied to the silver and black, especially the great fans of the Raider Nation, also believe that the Raiders need to do better on defense. Last year, the defense was a bend-don't-break. They really struggled. They struggled mightily, hard, when it came to red zone defense. They need better players in the secondary. They need better players in the secondary who can step up and make plays and catch the football. Catch the football when thrown to them and come on in and have an impact instantly. There are a number of players out there like that. So my priority would be a star corner. Not a corner. A star corner. There's a few available. Go get them. If they don't want to go get them, then if you're sticking with who you got, that's going to be a work in progress. I'm going to learn a lot about the Raiders if they don't get a corner quickly here. Number two, they've been weak at linebacker almost the entire time I've been here, 23 years going on 24. They've had a couple of linebackers I like. Our friend Kirk Morrison, Greg Beekert, Bill Romanowski, I was here for that. They've had a couple. But it has been the dark ages for the Raiders to get a linebacker like a Micah Parsons 
a linebacker that can go sideline to sideline. And I'm looking at the linebackers available here. If you look at Kyle Van Noy, some of the other names, who you think could come in here and be serviceable, or do you want to go to the draft at that position? And then wide receiver, it's going to be important because Carr had one in Henry Ruggs III. We know what happened there. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was really good the year before. He's gone. And as much as I like Zay Jones, Zay Jones is not the answer. He's not a star wide receiver. They need someone who has to demand the double team. Okay? They need a receiver who demands a double team on every play. And they need a cornerback who doesn't need help. You need a corner who doesn't need safety help all the time, which has kind of been the problem with this team for a while. You know, Casey Hayward came in and did a really good job. Trayvon Mullen is a good player, but I think he's a player that now he's at a crossroads in his career. Can he stay healthy? Can he be a shutdown corner? There are shutdown corners available. Overpay for them. Get one of them in here so we don't have to deal with that problem going forward. A guy who can cover the best wide receivers in football, and you don't need to get him help on every bleep and play. Those guys are out there today. So Raider Nation, what do you think? Who's the one player you want? He might be gone off the board in five minutes here or technically agreed to, wink, wink in terms. But we'll keep an eye on all these deals that are popping up here. I'm excited because it's really going to show us all what the new organization wants to do. What the new organization wants to do going forward and how we get on board with this new philosophy. Free agency is never perfect. Never perfect. Because, again, the market, it's like the stock market. If you've been in the stock market the last two months, you've had your face ripped off. I don't care who you are. You're lying if you said you didn't. Free agency, you just don't want to hire a bust. You don't want to get a guy who comes in Antonio Brown, who at the time was a brilliant idea, brilliant idea for the type of player he was, it was a disaster. You don't want to go out and trade. I mean, I'm a big Devontae Adams guy. If you want to take and mortgage the future on him, I'm great with that because I think he's the type of player with Derek Carr. He's not happy in Green Bay getting a franchise tag. He's pretty much told the team he will not accept the franchise tag. So that opens the door for him. But you got to give up a lot. you got to give up a lot. And that's the other point I want to make as we get going here. What is the philosophy of you as a Raider fan coming in? My show, my entire career, has been about knocking down fences. I don't like people who sit on a fence. Get off the fence. And if you want to get something great, you got to give up something. Right? You can't have it both ways. But in free agency, you don't have to give up anything other than money. And I think the Raiders are in a good cap spot to do something and get out of free agency quickly with one to two players that could change everything. I told you before anybody in sports radio that the Raiders were getting Yannick Ngakwe. I was privy to that. They got him. He was a very good player last year. Very good player. And I think he could be really good in the system under Patrick Graham, who we'll get to there. When they brought in Yannick on top of the players that they were developing, on the players that Gus Bradley was able to bring in, like Casey Hayward, Denzel Perryman, I remember sitting here with you last year going, oh, this is good. You got three to four new defensive players in the offseason that came from somewhere else. Give me that again. Give me that again. Give me an offseason on defense. On defense, because I'm pretty good with this offense, other than the O-line, which is a big one. We'll get to that. But go get another two 
to three starters who are plug-and-play that are really good and then figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to structure the car contract and what you're going to do going forward. Pounce now and get those type of players. I think they'll be coached up really well. I think their contracts will be written correctly, and the Raiders will be off to the races. Now, a couple of other points as we wait for you to check in. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Russell Wilson to Denver. On my meter of 1 to 10, earthquake, panic alert, those are both like 9.8s. Okay? Khalil Mack's one of my favorite players, friend of the show. Khalil Mack going to the Chargers knocked me down off a boat (laughs) off of Lauderdale when I saw it. Nobody saw that coming. The Chargers are pouncing. Chargers already have a very good roster, but they underachieved. They have that coach boy, Blunder, who likes to go for it on every fourth down he's ever seen in his life. So they are inferior at the head coaching position. They are. How about all the guys that got that wrong last year, telling you that boy, Blunder, was going to be the next Vince Lombardi? He's not an asset to that team. I I called that out first. But they got a very good roster. And then Russell Wilson to Denver is very concerning to me in the fight for the AFC West because he's a great player. And don't knock him that he's not. Do not knock him that he's not a great player. He's in the absolute prime of his career. He's played in two Super Bowls. He's not good. He's elite. He's in the division. Aaron Rodgers is not. So give credit to Denver. They had plan A, plan B. And they got Russell Wilson, which is a hell of a player. You're going to see a lot of them here. So Denver and the Chargers got obviously better in the offseason because they brought in two superstars. Khalil Mack's not playing his best football in Chicago. He really gets double teamed a lot. You put him up with Bosa on the other end, you better clean up this offensive line. Better clean it up quickly because those guys, they go hunting on every play, and they both demand a double team. So that leads me to the Raiders' offensive line and what they need to do. It's not anybody's fault in general. Rodney Hudson wanted to leave. We found out that story for you. It wasn't like, hey, they blew it on Rodney. Rodney wanted to leave. And then Gabe Jackson, I don't think was a big deal. It would have been nice to have him, but you can replace Gabe Jackson. He's a good player. He's not a super elite player. Then they went out last year and they drafted Leatherwood, which on paper was not a good pick as of now. But this new coach and the new offensive line coach, maybe they can develop him into being a better player. Andre James up front, I like him. I think he's a serviceable center. He's not elite. Colt Miller, I think, is elite. I think his career will start right now going forward as a perennial pro bowler. I think he'll go to four or five pro bowls over the next four or five years, and he's the strength of that offensive line. And then what else do the Raiders want to do? As they waited around a long time to see that Richie Incognito could never play, and then they're trying to figure out the right tackle position because Trent Brown was a bust was a bust the first time, you know, he came through here. Everybody looked at him thinking, man, this is going to be a great player, and he didn't play. Didn't want to play here. Wanted to play in New England more, but now we got the New England guys here. So when you look at all of this, I think as I wrap up the monologue here, I want to get into the offensive line and talk about some of the players that they can bring in and what could happen here on the O-line and how the Raiders – I like – I love free agency with the offensive line. Because at least you can bring in players that have proven themselves on tape. They've played for four or five years, seven or eight years. You know what they can do. They might have been to a Pro Bowl or two. You just know that you have grown-ass men who can play the position and you don't have to develop them. 
because college offensive linemen come in and they're overwhelmed by NFL players like T.J. Watt and Khalil Mack. They can't hang in that same room. Bring in a guy who's been in the league six years who's already played against Mack and Bosa, then you know you got something there. And that will be what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels need to figure out as they put this team together on top of the Raiders' free agents that they need to resign or not. And then finally, everybody's got to get rid of their tender moments where everybody just gets offended that a player isn't re-signed and a player is let go or a player is not going to be tendered or whatever the deal is going to be. It's football. It's a brand new coaching staff, although I believe one coach. So if you look at this, this is the business side of this. Alec Ingold, friend of the show, and his track record as catching the first touch, going the first touchdown here, what he's done in the community. When I was gone to see that, Max Crosby, friend of the show, we're supposed to get Max on either today or tomorrow. I want to congratulate him for the new contract. What a signing that was, huh? Man, I could talk about that all day. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in the Raiders, I tweeted it out, ever, that a guy who needed to become sober became, became sober, and now he's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, and he's a pro bowler. Give me a better story than that recently in Raider history, and Max Crosby has an opportunity to be a career-defining Raider, all because he got his life where he thought he needed to get it, and then he backed it up on the field on every play. I know Max, and I can tell you that Max will not be the type of guy who will get soft and then all of a sudden count the money and then start to play at a lower level. He's just the opposite. He's going to play at a high level. He's going to be the anchor of this defense going forward. So that's the monologue, number 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. I'm assuming the phones weren't really rocking while I was away. So I look forward to that, seeing some lights and some people who have a pulse, because I have a pulse, and I'm excited about this day. Who's the one target you want to see the Raiders get? Or if you don't want to go specific with the player, just give me your priority position group that you think the Raiders need to capture here in free agency, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe be one of the first people to guess this thing right, because it is a guessing game for most people. It is a guessing game for most people. Most years, you like to kind of guess where the Raiders are going to go. And we've been able on this show to predict or maybe know in advance, have an idea what they're doing. Uh, this year, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know these coaches yet. I don't know the, the back office in regards to the scouting department. So I don't know exactly what they want to do at this time. And we'll see what happens. In regards to March Madness, right here I have my bracket. And I like to have real newspapers. So today, as always... A tradition unlike any other, I go to the gas station by my house, and I buy the USA Today, so I get their bracket. I got the one here from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and we will fill out our bracket over the next couple of days. One of the things I know from doing this a long time is no one cares about my bracket, and they don't care about your bracket. What we all care about is your upsets. So if you have an upset in the first round, if you see a big, big power team that's going to go out early— if you like a Cinderella or a smaller team that you think can get to the Sweet 16, I'd really like to hear that. In regards to the last couple of years, I've rooted for Gonzaga over the top to win this thing. How could you not? I mean, I don't got a dog in this fight. I'd like to see Mark Few and Gonzaga get one. They're a number one seed again, but they're in the same bracket as Duke, Michigan State, uh, Arkansas, Eric Musselman, friend of the show. Some good teams there. 
I mean, I expect them to get out. I have Gonzaga in the Final Four, but that's going to be really tough. In the East, you have Baylor as the one seed, but you got Kentucky as the two and the three seed here. You got North Carolina as an eight seed. I mean, this thing is pretty loaded. UCLA as a four seed and Purdue. That was number one in the country. Man, getting out of the East is going to be tough. Over to the South, Arizona is the one seed. I really like the way they play, especially on the defensive end. Illinois, the program I pull for, my wife went there. We pull heavy in my house for Illinois. They're a four seed. You got Tennessee, who can win coming out there. But I think the South, I think Arizona will get there. I won't say it's easy, but I expect them. That was the first one I penciled in. And then as we move on to the Midwest, Kansas is the number one seed. I think they're the most vulnerable of the one seeds out there. Very inconsistent to me. Auburn with Bruce Pearl was a number one team. Wisconsin's tough as hell. And Iowa, we just saw what Iowa did. So my point is I don't have my bracket even filled out. I have Gonzaga in the Final Four along with Arizona. But if you have any upsets there. And in Vegas, we begin this weekend the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. Where men all year... Ask their wives and girlfriends if they can please go to Vegas for March Madness. And the wives and girlfriends fight them because sometimes they won't even let them walk the dog without permission. But they're allowed to go to this. They built it into the marriage. They built it in with the fiancé. They're allowed to go. They pack a couple of pairs of khaki pants, board shorts for the pool, and they're ready to go to steakhouses and sports books. I am an expert on this topic. The fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. They mix in a strip club. They find their way. They get lost. They get lost in the casino. They, 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 a lot of amateurs come in for this, and we welcome them all. We want everybody to enjoy Vegas. Love, I love everybody coming in. But get ready. This is when most of the women leave and say, I'm getting out of here because the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants are coming in. They will buy buckets and buckets. I hopefully Modelo. As you know, I drink Modelo. They'll buy a lot of Modelo here. And then they crawl to the airport. Oh, they crawl to the airport and lose about two or three days next week because they just can't answer the bell. They're just not used to it, like us here in Vegas. That's happening this week, which is absolutely incredible. We'll have news on Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson, as we got a big guest today, Mike Florio, will join us from Pro Football Talk. Mike's got a brand-new book, Playmakers, Coming up, so we'll talk to him, and I want to get into what's happening with some of the bigger topics other than free agency, the John Gruden emails, because he's been the leader on that, and Watson, and what the market's going to look like going forward. So we are open for business again, everybody. My door was closed. Now it's open. like to hear from you, 702-365-9200. We'll talk about the Golden Knights next hour, and this is not looking good, by the way from a team that I think should win the Stanley Cup every year. And then uh, congratulations to the UNLV Lady Rebels for getting into the tournament, which is great for the men who didn't get in. You know, I'm, I'm right behind Kevin Kruger, whatever he wants, and I think the program made some strides here, but they didn't get into the tournament. That's disappointing, very disappointing in the conference tournament, and that happens here. We will talk about UNLV when they win only, or they're doing charity work. That's it. Always been the thing. We do not talk about UNLV unless they're doing charity work that I can help out with or winning. 
None of that content floats into this time slot because we're talking about the Raiders and the Golden Knights, and the Raiders are on the clock for free agency. As Tyler in Texas starts us off. Thank God, thank God the show's live in Texas today, Bobby. Tyler, how are you? Good, JT. How are you, man? I'm doing well. What's happening? Hey, got to tell you, the fraternal order of uh, khakis is uh, probably one of the most underrated takes I've ever heard, man. That's phenomenal. Uh, as far as Raiders free agency, hey, look – I'm thinking Karen Armstead or a guy like Brandon Scherf. We, we've always been told that we need a marquee wide receiver and a marquee corner. Uh, but I think you take a look at Cincinnati and you see all the pieces they've had. And I think the one thing that uh, they really needed to, to get past the Rams and get over the hump was offensive line. So as important as those other positions are, I think it just kind of shows that's what we need. And JT, real quick, I have a question for you as well, if you don't mind. Uh I'm trying to figure out how these salary cap gymnastics work. If you convert a roster boning to roster bonus to a signing bonus, how is that not part of the cap, and who pays that? Does the owner uh, pay that out of their pocket? I appreciate you taking my call. I will, I will get you the exact answer on that, and I'll make sure because I'm not familiar with exactly how they amortize that, and they front load it. It's all about front loading a contract and where they put the contract on the back end with the guarantees. So a lot of that has to do with the guarantees up front and how that will affect the cap in this year and how they spread it out in years to come. So we're keeping an eye on some of these moves as we are countdowning to the new league year. Adam Schefter, Lewis Reddick, Mike Florio will join us live as free agency is beginning. As you can come to terms with agreements here, Adam Schefter is all over it. The Jaguars giving former Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk a four-year deal worth up to 84 million dollars 84 million that 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 just broke nine minutes ago also chapter houston is re-signing safety terrence brooks on a one-year deal two million dollars and look i think bj hill bengals are re-signing their defensive tackle three-year 30 million 15 million in year one and former titans guard roger uh safford is signing with buffalo and that came down 15 minutes ago from Schefter. So there are deals that are going down, agreements before they can become legal here, and we start. And we'll wait to see. Nothing on the clock right now for the Raiders. Keep an eye on Paul Gutierrez, Vinny Bonsignor, Vic Tafer, and all of our insiders and everything we have lined up here with our lineup here. I am not coming into today saying that the Raiders have to be the first team to jump in, but I think the Raiders have three or four players targeted that could be really important and could get the offseason off to a great start if they choose, if they choose to partake today. And that's what life's about. Some days you choose to partake. Other days you decide you're going to hold back, and you'll see what happens there. But that Christian Kirk deal, that is a massive deal and sets the bar really high in free agency. 702-365-9200. Who will the Raiders target in free agency as we open up the show? Brought to you by Remy Martin. It doesn't matter if you know anything about picking teams or if you're a college basketball guru. Everyone knows that one wrong pick, and you could be out of it instantly, one pick you won't ever lose is choosing a Remy Martin cocktail throughout March Madness. Remy Martin, proud partner of the show.
um, you know, it's a big credit to, you know, the organization, um, to Coach Ziegler or to Dave Ziegler and Coach McDaniels, you know, they, uh, they showed their commitment to me right away. Um, and they didn't want to play any games. They, you know, they, they told me, um, you know, everything you want to hear as, as a, as a player, you know, with new coaches coming in, they, they were awesome. They're super positive. Um, and not only showed me the good things about me, but things they want me to improve on. Um, and they, you know, from, from day one, they, they committed to me and, and they wanted to get something done as well. So. That's Max Crosby. We should all be congratulating Max. I wasn't on the air. It was off. I got back last night and we'll try to catch up with Max here at some point. But I think everybody in the Raider Nation, this is not an old topic. It's a topic I want to hit on because really happy for Max, uh, one of the players that deserves it, deserves that. And I like what he said because Max was really big with the former coaching regime, right? Uh, Mike Mayock, who brought him in, gave him the opportunity to be a Raider. If they miss Max by one or two picks, Max is not a Raider. He's playing somewhere else, getting that contract extension. So a lot went into that. He's very humble. His sobriety is very important to him. Roots here in Las Vegas, very important to him. And I think it's just a great signing because I believe in stories like that. Life is about people getting rewarded for doing the right thing. And I don't know of a story as good as Max Crosby recently around this organization where everybody was on the same page, including two different regimes of coaches, right? Highly respected coaches and the people before this new coaching staff and everybody. And he was emotionally tied to the former group for, for clear reasons. You look at who was there and the coaches that helped him along the way. And now the new coaches here, who, as he told you behind the scenes, that Ziegler and McDaniels did not want to mess around. They knew how good he was and what they do, paid him. So it seems like they're going to pick the guys they want who deserve it, and everybody else is going to be on a prove-it deal who's here, and then the new guys they bring in are going to be their guys who's going to be under their banner of who they brought in. And that's the way football works. Jaguars very active already. And technically, remember, there's a really good point for me to segue in. Usually the worst teams are the most active. The teams that are rebuilding are very active there in free agency. So we'll take a look at all of this here. Jaguars off to four new players coming in. I wanted to mention Mitch Trubisky. I think that's a good move. He's a good player. Mitch Trubisky played in a, a town that's very tough, much tougher in Chicago than Las Vegas, okay? The credential list in Chicago, a little bit deeper than Vegas. And Trubisky went to the playoffs twice, had a winning record, and they ran him out of there. Ran him out of there. And that wouldn't have happened in a lot of other markets because of the depth and size of the Chicago fan base, sports radio, the media. And once they turned on Trubisky, he was done. So Pittsburgh gets him on a short-term deal, a prove-it deal. I think he's a good player. He's athletic. He's much more athletic than Ben Roethlisberger. And he's much better than Mason Rudolph. So Pittsburgh's got a quarterback for the future. And if he turns out to do a good job, they'll lock him up long-term. 702-365-9200. Thor, good to hear from you, Thor. How you been in Vegas? Oh, man, hanging in. How you doing, brother? Real good. Good to hear from you. All good, all good. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm excited about free agency, man. I really believe that you're right um, and that we need to build up the offensive line, the defensive line. Obviously, when you take a draft a rookie offensive lineman um, such as Colton Miller, you know, it was it was rough at first. He grew. He's a lot better. Hopefully, Leatherwood will continue to grow and get a little better. But if we're going to keep Derek Carr back there, mm-hmm. Lord knows he can't move out the way, so we really need to protect him. 
Uh, defensive line, obviously, too, I, I'd like a little more help there in the interior mm-hmm. um, just so they can't double and triple Max. Um, you know, Max's motor is so incredible, but he needs a little help there. Um, if we do get a receiver, I hope it's Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But, you know, patience is a virtue. So hopefully we're doing all our due diligence, staying patient, and getting it right. Yeah. Um, Appreciate it, Thor. Black hole for life. Thanks for checking in, buddy. Appreciate okay, it. Thank you, you got it, man. Uh, yeah, he's right about the offensive line and what they want to do to protect Derek Carr and what the process is going to be. There's been some big mistakes, okay, big mistakes. The Trent Brown initial move was a really big mistake. Letting Richie Incognito, good guy, we've had him on the show, being involved to not play for that long when that position could have been filled by someone that they could have developed more was a big mistake. Then the issue becomes what are they going to do with Leatherwood? How can they get Leatherwood? I like Leatherwood because of his durability and how available he was. If you've been listening to my show for 20 minutes or 20 years, I care about guys who are available. They're not all going to be great. Not every player is going to be great right out of the gate and be fast and go right to a pro bowler. They're not. But what's going to happen and what needs to happen is you need to have a player who's going to have upside to be in the pro bowl. When you draft a player such as Leatherwood that early when you didn't have to, he's got to become a pro bowler. When you go out and you draft players to come in at the cornerback position – you got to hope that they become pro bowlers if they're first-round pick. They're not supposed to be guys. They're not supposed to be guys. They're supposed to be pro bowlers. And I think that's what Dave Ziegler is going to do because what is the strength of this new GM and head coach? I believe their strength is experience and developing players. Now, Dave Ziegler gets his first crack as the GM. Josh McDaniel's been a head coach before, but what he learned in Denver coming to Las Vegas so in my opinion, that once you get in that system in New England, they coach you at a higher level. They coach you at a much higher level. The competition is intense. And if you can't make it, you don't stick around. Did you notice that about Belichick in New England? If they, if they missed on you, you were gone. It wasn't like, oh, man, this guy's been on the team for three years getting burned. No, that didn't happen with New England. You didn't make it. You were done. And, you know, they've had a couple of swing and misses over the years, but – They built the dynasty here. So the pressure on the new coach and the GM here in Las Vegas is, I believe, to take the best player available, not to reach as much unless they have intel on a player that they think is very young, available, and there's a lot of upside with. And that's their job. That's what they're getting paid to do. 702-365-9200. Now I want to touch on, and we'll wait for T.J. Reeves next hour, the Buccaneers sideline guy on the two big quarterback moves that have happened, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, let's let's sign off on this because it's massive as we stay there. First off on Tom Brady coming out of retirement. Brady made a massive mistake, but it doesn't hurt him. doesn't hurt him. If another guy does this, it hurts him. Brady did not want to retire. He felt like he had to because everybody was asking him about his future. He took some time away and decided to come back and play. And once he realized that Tampa Bay wasn't going to move him, and it seems like because he was at that European soccer game, he was at the Manchester United game, and the Glazers own it. He was there over the weekend. He decided by talking to ownership that he would come back. I believe this is a massive move because with Tom Brady coming back and some of the weakness that we're seeing in the NFC, Russell Wilson going to the AFC, a couple of the other moves there, I think that that will put Tampa Bay 
probably in the NFC Championship game again with the shot at the Super Bowl. One guy, Tom Brady, who didn't get injured last year, threw for over 5,000 yards, over 40 touchdowns. The drop-off isn't going to be the 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. So that was a massive move. In regards to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers now making the Green Bay Packers apologize for the mistakes that they made by drafting Jordan Love. All this was about is it was the perfect storm that happened at the same time. They took Jordan Love, which made him believe, Aaron Rodgers, that the organization didn't think he was going to be great anymore. Aaron Rodgers got back-to-back MVPs, checkmate on the organization. He says, You're in you are not adequate to tell me where I'm at in my career. So what Aaron Rodgers did is he made Green Bay apologize, apologize, and put up with his antics and his behavior over the last couple of years because Aaron Rodgers had the organization pinned up against the wall because they swung and missed on love and they thought Rodgers was done. So now he's the highest paid player of all time. He deserves to be. He does. He deserves to be. The problem is he doesn't win playoff games. And that is starting to mount, that he can't even get out of the first round or coming off the bye week with home field advantage. So for those two, you know, I thought that Brady was going to come back, and I was interested in thinking if we would go to the Niners. He goes to Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is not trading him anywhere. And Aaron Rodgers, I was very concerned about him going to Denver. If, If he goes to Denver, Denver goes from losing the last four against the Raiders and Vic Fangio getting fired to possibly the Raiders getting swept by Aaron Rodgers in Denver. I'm not going to panic and say Russell Wilson's going to sweep the Raiders every year. I think the Raiders can get to Russell Wilson. He's lost plenty of games. But that is a tremendous upgrade for the Denver Broncos. 702-365-9200. Kenny D., thanks for holding in Kansas City. What's happening? Hey, JT. Good to talk with you. Good to talk to you. Um, Yep. Uh, First thing, I just want to say I'm glad to see Brady came back. It's good for football. He's not ready to go yet, and he needs to come back. And uh, second thing is, I really want uh, Devontae Adams to come to the Raiders, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's going to happen unless they can do a, a, a huge uh, package. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if that's going to be worth the, uh, the uh, giving all them picks up and everything. Yeah, the problem so is, hold get... on. The problem on that deal Sorry. is I think it's worth it. I think it's worth giving up a lot to get Devontae Adams. It gives Carr the ability to structure his contract in a way to have him here. And, again, I never talk about Derek's money. That's Derek. Right. And then you'd have to give up a lot in return, but I'm not big on draft picks as much in yeah. the trend we're in now. So if you give up a bunch yeah. of firsts to get him, and then you get Derek happy and you got your number one guy and you don't have to give right. up a lot, but they might want players in return. They're not going to get Max Crosby who signed, but they could get some good yeah. players in return, and that could put the Raiders backwards on defense. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm worried about, and that's I don't know if it's going to be a good upside on that. I mean, I love Derek, Derek Carr and him together. Obviously, that's what I want too. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a Raider fan. But if we can't get him, we need to get uh, Cook from uh, the Houston Texans or Clark from uh, Jacksonville, and then maybe draft a uh, sleeper that guy from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good project in the making. Well, appreciate the call, and let me jump in by saying Christian Kirk, who was another one I thought you were talking about, Jaguars did a four-year deal with him for $84 million, a massive deal for Christian Kirk, who is a player that could have been in the Raiders' sights. Not saying they were, but the type of player that would have filled the need there. Allen Robinson is the, is the big name that's out there. Also, uh, Valdez Scantling is another big name out there, and then I think it's a big drop-off at the wide receiver position. Devontae Adams... 
is the big deal. And, you know, the Eagles have agreed to terms with pass rusher Hassan Reddick. Uh, that deal, three years, $45 million, $30 million in guarantee. Max value, uh, $49.5 million, according to Mike Garofola. So we're watching deals come down. Uh, I think we know for the Raiders, the Raiders at the cornerback position is what everybody's on edge with. Want your opinion on who do you think the Raiders should target? If you're not familiar with all the names, I am. We have the list here if you want to talk about position group. And what do you like to see the Raiders do by Wednesday? Who do you want in here by Wednesday? I remember when we talked about Yannick Ngakwe, how that moved the needle here on the flagship. And a lot of people were really excited about that. Who moves the needle for you? Modelo, proud sponsor of the Raiders, the Chris Pilsner-style lager that sets the standards for Arctic Mexican beer. Miami, I was asking exclusively in Miami for Modelo's, and they had it everywhere. Modelo Especial within reach. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Next hour, Mike Florio, pro football talk. He has his new book out. Looking forward to interviewing him. Also, T.J. Reeves, who covers the Buccaneers on Tom Brady's return. As we wait for Raiders news, Mitch Trubisky signs with the Steelers. That was the number overall, number two overall pick in 17. And the Jags, Brandon Sheriff, that's a good guard who goes to the Jags. Man, the Jaguars are rolling today. The Iowa Hawkeyes are the Big Ten Tournament Champions of 2022. The third Big Ten Championship for the Iowa Hawkeyes. First for Fran McCaffrey and the first for the Hawkeyes since 2006. Well, there it is. Big Ten Radio. JT back with you as we continue on Westwood One. March Madness is set. I need to get my sea legs back after my trip to Florida. And I'll go through the bracket more in detail tomorrow and Wednesday. What's really important for our audience that's listening here or streaming us from all over is this is what Vegas arguably does better than anything. Better than anything is March Madness. And people who know what I'm talking about get it. Other people don't because the games aren't played here. Eventually they will. You know, we have the conference tournaments that are here. But with Vegas and Allegiant Stadium, we're going to have Final Fours. We're going to have the Final Four here, and I don't think it should ever change. And I mean that. Once the Final Four comes here with gambling and what they have, they're not going to put it in Atlantic City or anywhere in New Jersey. So you might as well put it here. And you can gamble anywhere. I guess when I was in Florida and people are freaking out, they can't gamble on sports yet. I was down in Florida as they're waiting for legalization and what's going to happen there. But Vegas does this better than anybody else. And it's a time here in town where a bunch of our partners and we have a big, big, big new partner to welcome on this show, a casino again, officially coming up. You got to pick your spots on where you're going to watch the games and how you're going to do, and you got to plan accordingly. This is not the type of thing. I get friends all the time. Hey, I'm coming into town Friday. Where should I watch the games? Too late. It's like you got to figure out where you're going in advance. Everybody will welcome you in, and there'll be spots for you to sit down. But it's a commitment to watch this college basketball tournament. This is not, hey, I'm going to pop downstairs from my room, get a seat in the sports book, watch an hour, and then go back. No, it doesn't work that way. You really have to find a way. So I recommend the Westgate, the Superbook. Uh, we do a lot with them over here at Lotus. I like what Derek Stevens has done. Fantastic job. I mean, anybody who can figure out going to Circa and seeing it at the pool or inside, that's a home run. 
Our great friends over at Resorts World, who are already a partner of our show, they have a massive space, a doghouse for you to watch it there with, with the sports book and a lot of places to sit, but get there early and do that right. And then the rest of the spots that you're going to, the Strat, proud partner of our show, with the way they redid that property, and PTs. They have so many locations here in the Valley. You can get a great seat. You can watch the game, spend the day there, and enjoy that. So that is coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it is organized chaos, which I love in sports. I love organized chaos. I like overwhelming crowds. I like big stuff. And when it comes to the NFL draft, Vegas is now on the clock to break the record of Nashville. If we don't, I think that's a failure, not by the Raiders. It's a failure to Las Vegas. And, Bobby, you've been in Las Vegas longer than me. This NFL draft has got to be a million people, 800,000. It's got to be a massive, massive turnout for everybody involved here. But the one thing about the draft, and they're going to shut down all of Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard. That, they're just taking over that whole corner, all of Caesars, the whole bit. You know the one thing about the, about the uh, tournament, though, that makes me really happy? The fact that you don't have a bracket contest this year, thank God. Do you remember back in Sportsman, we used to do the damn bracket contests? Yeah, well, they, we used to have people mail them in. It, it, back in the, back before the internet or anything like that, you had to go to your newspaper on Monday. Cut it out. Pull out the bracket, fill it out, mail it over to JT the Brick over at Sportsman <laughs> Radio. And then young Bobby got boxes upon yeah. boxes. Fan mail. Of, Boxes upon boxes of brackets. I had all of my living room sorted out. Yeah. It was We've evolved from that. And now thanks to apps and the ability to print it out and autofill it and do whatever you want. You know, these bracket contests are the best things that ever happen because it gets everybody involved. Everybody gets involved. They feel like they have a chance to win. The problem is no one ever wins. Have you ever met anybody who's won a bracket challenge? I've known a few, but it's hard to do. So the point is, how do you gamble on these games? And the reason why the Vegas lights are on all the time and the casinos are always in business doing better than you is when people come in to bet March Madness, they bet on every game, and they shouldn't. They should bet on only the games that they know that they have an edge on, and they don't. So what they do is they just throw money up against the wall because they want to be involved. Not many people can watch a game without action on it, and the tournament was built for that. You have five bucks, ten bucks, two hundred bucks on the game. Final minute of the game, it's coming down to the wire. You have action on that game. And other than a heavyweight fight, the Tyson fights that I've seen, the big fights, there is nothing in Vegas like being in a large, large sports book when a buzzer beater comes down and everybody explodes. You won't find that anywhere other than Vegas. And that is coming up here pretty quickly. So if you have a pick, I'm going to do that more on tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and we'll get you involved in that. And I'm sure we're doing a lot here at LVSportsNetwork.com. I'm sure we're giving a lot of things out here. Go to LVSportsNetwork.com and find out what we're doing for March Madness here. I have sound from Patrick Graham's press conference, uh, sound from Mick Lombardi's press conference that I didn't get a chance to get to. Also, Tom McMahon, what they're doing on special teams, all of that coming up. Mike Florio's a big guest today with everything happening in free agency. He's got a new book out, Playmakers. We'll find out what it's all about. And I'll ask him some tough questions on what's happening. What's happening with some of these ongoing investigations with John Gruden, Daniel Snyder, how Deshaun Watson was cleared and where he can end up. And we'll also get to a conversation with T.J. Reeves, who handles the Buccaneers on Tom Brady's return, which is arguably the biggest topic in sports. 702-365-9200. 
JT, back in town. Great to be back in Vegas for NFL Free Agency.